Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's a song you know. Andy Williams first did it. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings from six feet away, of course. And gay happy meetings with how many or less? When friends come to call. It's the hap-happiest season of all. There will be parties for hosting. Check the New York State government webpage before you host that party. Just a little public service announcement. Marshmallows for toasting. And caroling out in the snow, that's on the calendar. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Wait a second. What's up with the scary ghost stories? Did you ever wonder that? I have an answer for you this morning. It's from a Christmas carol. Hey, if you watch The Muppets Christmas Carol, that's scary enough for my daughter Reese. She's terrified of puppets. Rowan hates clowns, scared of clowns, and they can be creepy. And Reese does not like puppets. But if you've ever read Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol or ever seen one of the movies... The George C. Scott version, that's a good one. Uh, There's also the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol, that's a cute one. Uh, Last night, Laura and I started watching the Jim Carrey version. It's animated from 2009. And there was actually a point in the movie when Laura jumped. Because there's scary stuff in that, right? If you do not know the story, Scrooge had a business partner named Jacob Marley. And Jacob Marley dies. And then his ghost shows up. See? Scary ghost stories. And last night when we were watching the the flick, it was at the point where the, the, the doorknob becomes Jacob Marley's face. And this animated version made it really creepy. Like he's missing teeth and and then all of a sudden his ghostly hair stood up and his ugly teeth went out and scary. I remember being a kid. 
and watching the Christmas, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Of course, first we meet Jacob Marley's ghost in the Disney version. It's goofy. But then Jacob Marley says to Scrooge, you're going to be visited again by three spirits. The ghost of Christmas, past, present, and future. See? Scary ghost stories. But I remember being a kid in the last ghost, the ghost of Christmas future, stood above a grave and was showing Uncle Scrooge That's Donald. That's not Uncle Scrooge. That's probably what Uncle Scrooge thought when he looked down at the pit and saw hell. Because that's what happens. That's dark, isn't it? That's scary. Scary ghost stories. Now at the Christmas parties that you may or may not have, you can impress your friends because you know the story behind that song. But in that classic Dickens story, A Christmas Carol, what does Ebenezer Scrooge see? He sees what is to come. What does his old business partner, the ghosts, show up and warn him of? What will come? You serve money, you're not loving others. It doesn't turn out good. Now, I'm not going to read you a ghost story this morning. But I do want to read Psalm number 85. Psalm number 85. If you don't know, the second candle of Advent is all about prophecy. And what does prophecy tell us? What is to come? It's about prophecy and peace. And we we do see from Psalm 85... The lectionary reading from the Psalms for the second Sunday of Advent, we do see prophecy. We see who God is, who we're called to be. And, well, let's just spend a few minutes talking about it in Psalm number 85. Verse 1. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and you turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. 
He promises peace to His people, His saints. But let them not return to folly. Surely His salvation is near for those who fear Him, that His glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before Him and prepares the way for His steps. And Lord, I do thank You for Your Word this morning. And I thank You for all that we learn when we open Your Word and spend time in Your Word. Whether we're gathered together like this corporately, or in the time we have alone with You individually. God, I thank You for how Your Word speaks and how Your Holy Spirit speaks. And Lord, open our hearts and our ears this morning to what You have to say. And Lord, give us the gumption, give us the courage, give us everything we need to faithfully follow You, to choose peace and pursue peace. And God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 85 is one of the psalms that David did not write. It's believed to have been written after the Babylonian exile. In Sunday school, back in November, we were talking about the Babylonian exile. That's what happened to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem, destroyed the city. Many were killed. Many were left behind. Many were taken as slaves and servants to the kingdom of Babylonia. And it's believed that this psalm was written when they were released from captivity and went back to their homeland. Now, even though we don't know who the author is, we know that the person knew the Lord and how He works. I want us to see, especially in verses 1 through 3, all that the Lord does. I'll read it again and emphasize it. You showed favor. That's one thing. To your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. That's two. You forgave the iniquity of your people. Three. And covered all their sins. You set aside... All your wrath. The Lord's pretty busy in these few verses, isn't He? He does a lot for us. He does a lot for His people. You set aside your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Later on in the message, we'll, we'll hear why the Lord is upset and angry with these people. But what does God do? 
He shows favor. He restores. He forgives. He turns from His wrath. You know what we see here? It's interesting. We know that God doesn't change. He doesn't change. But He changes His mind. Now, what's up with that, Nathaniel? What are you talking about? Well, let's just go back a minute because the Bible shows us this happens. God can't stand sin. He is a holy God. And boy, human beings have a knack for that sin stuff, don't we? It's like it comes naturally. Because it does. It's called original sin. Did you ever teach your kids or grandkids how to lie? I hope not, sicko. (laughs) No, it comes naturally. We're born with that sin nature. And we live in that sin nature till we realize we need a Savior to forgive us our sin. We confess it, forgive it, put to death the sinful nature, and live for Him. Now we're going back to the messages that were preached in September, October. You can listen to those on springnaz.org. When people deliberately disobey God, He has a right to be angry, doesn't He? You would be. I would be. Back in Moses' day, God would... Hey, my mom and dad used to say this. I've had it up to here. They would say that about my brother, not me. So, God had had it up to here with the Israelites. You get back in the Old Testament, at one point, they were complaining against Moses, they were complaining against Aaron, and God's like, I've had it up to here, wiping them out, starting all over again with you, Moses. He made a decision. What does Moses do? Moses reasons with God, and God decides not to wipe out those people. He changed his mind, didn't he? Because Moses appealed to God's character. He knew that God is a God of mercy and grace and love. We see it with Abraham. Abraham was just going to wipe out Sodom and... Not Abraham, God. It would been cool if Abraham had that power, but he didn't. And then we see it in Genesis 15. Abraham reasons with God and God changes his mind. We all deserve the punishment for our sin and the death that is the wages. But we don't get it, do we? Because God, in His great mercy, sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to take our sins upon Himself. That's where righteousness and peace, or faithfulness and peace, kiss each other. It's prophesied. Psalm 85. But that's who God is. He restores He shows favor. He shows grace. We read about who God is in verses 1 through 3. Then we read about revival and restoration in verses 4 through 7 of Psalm 85. But there can be no renewal or revival until that sin is forgiven and that wrath 
we'll use a fancy word, is propitiated. He is our propitiation, our substitution for our sin. I should have done more research on that just to make sure it's better. But anyway, moving on. The first section of this psalm reminds us of who He is, what He does. And then the middle of the psalm turns the focus on us. What will we do? How will, we, how will we respond to His favor? How will we, as individuals, respond? Not just individually, but corporately. How will we respond in relationship with God? Well, I like what the psalmist says in verse 8. He says, I will listen. Boy, I like when my kids listen. Did you get that, girls? Sidebar, Sue Bowser posted on Facebook a picture of a coffee mug that says, Be careful, don't make me mad, I could use you in a sermon illustration. And she said, Pastor, you should get that coffee mug and use it with the congregation. I said, I wouldn't do that to the congregation, but I might do that to my kids. Sorry, girls. I will listen. To what the Lord says. Let that sink in a second. Because it's so easy to listen to other voices. It's so easy to listen to other voices that say, make this a priority, or make that. A priority. Or it's so easy to listen to that voice that says, You're not good enough. But what does the psalmist resolve to do? I will listen to what the Lord says. You know, listening to someone or something else other than the Lord, that could be idolatry if we make what we're hearing and what we're listening to more important than what the Lord has to say. The psalmist goes on. He says, I will listen to what the Lord says. He goes on to express what the Lord does. Again, he already did it a bunch in verses 1 through 3 and 4. Now, he goes on to say, I will listen to what the Lord says. He promises Peace to his people. What's the promise? Peace. Do we get it from listening to others? Sometimes. But where does the true peace come from? Listening to the Lord. I will listen to what the Lord will say. He promises peace to his saints. But let them not return to folly. Folly does not simply mean foolishness, but stark evil. Oh, we might think we're good. I'm not evil. I don't sit around in my office, plot evil, laugh maniacally. (laughs) 
But I don't want us to miss, if we're not listening to the Lord and what He says, if we're taking our cues from other things or other people, it's going to lead to foolishness. going to lead to things farther and farther away from Him. And the further away from Him we are, the further from the good we are, if we're not close to the good, then we're close to the evil. The writer of Proverbs put like, puts it like this, Proverbs 14.12, he says, There is a way that seems right to people, but it always ends in death. That's not a happy ending. Not listening to God and going our own way can lead us to being held captive by something we didn't ever want us to be held captive by. And it's not, never what we intend to hold us captive. But it leads to our harm. I want us to go to Jeremiah chapter 25. And it was the prophet Jeremiah who kept preaching to the people over and over and over again. Turn back from your ways, your wicked ways, and turn to the Lord. He, he preached it over and over again. What were you doing 23 years ago? It was 1997. I like to play Super Nintendo. But that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Not compared to eternity. That's right, Daryl. Not compared to eternity. Blip. But let me tell you what. I don't know how much of a congregation I would still have if I preached the same message every single week. People might say, why should I go? I'm just going to hear the same thing. Who knows? People may already have said that. I don't know. Thank you for being here this morning and watching online. But 23 years is how long the Lord had Jeremiah preach this message. Jeremiah chapter 25, the word of the Lord, it's verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Wait a second. We talked about that earlier. It was under Nebuchadnezzar that captivity happened, the Babylonian captivity. Yeah, we're right there. It's about to happen. Verse 2. So Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people of Judah and to all those living in Jerusalem, for 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I've spoken it to you again and again, and you have not listened. What did they not do? Listen. They didn't listen. Verse 4, And though the Lord has sent all of His prophets... To you again and again, you have not listened or paid any attention. 
They said, the prophets, they said, turn now, each of you, from your evil ways and your evil practices, and you can stay in the land the Lord gave to you and your fathers forever and ever. Do not follow other gods, also known as idolatry. Do not follow other gods to serve or worship them. Do not provoke me to anger with what you made with your hands. Then I will not harm you. Remember how we were talking about we don't intend to allow that stuff we serve to hold power over us? But then it does, and then it harms us. Verse 7, But you did not listen to me, declares the Lord, and you have provoked me with what your hands have made, and you have brought harm to yourselves. What was Jeremiah? And don't say a bullfrog. (laughs) Jeremiah was a prophet. A prophet foresees what is to come and tells about it. Twenty-three years Jeremiah preached. And what's the purpose of prophecy? The purpose is preparation so we can have peace. Who prepared the way for the Lord? His cousin. John the Baptist. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'll quote Isaiah chapter 40 when we meet John in in those Gospels. And what was... What was John's message? We read about it in Matthew chapter 3. Repent. What is repent? Repent means to turn from. Wait, that's the same message that Jeremiah was preaching to God's people back in his day. John the Baptist's message. He was preparing the way. What was the way? Repent. And what was the response of many? Repentance, confession, baptism, new life. They were turning from their sinful ways and turning to God. And what does that lead to? That leads to peace. So as I wrap things up, how about we turn to a prophecy that has not been fulfilled yet. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, I want to pick it up in verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, 
The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to be holy. Live holy and godly lives. And we don't do that on our own. Whose power do we have in us to live the holy life? The Holy Spirit. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Is that the Holy Spirit? That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. And the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with the wisdom that God gave him. Peter's talking about a lot of stuff that's going to happen, huh? And he asked the question, what people ought you be? What people? What kind of people ought we be? How about this? from what we heard in the psalm this morning. How about we be the kind of people who listen to God and not the other voices out there? The kind who turn from folly and evil and turn to God. People who choose peace and pursue peace with God and with people. And the one thing that's great about the psalms is you go through them And when you read them, you can't help but do some self-examination. In fact, it was David in one of the Psalms who said, Search me, O Lord, and see if there's any offensive way in me. So as we go to prayer this morning, I say, Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for how You've shown Your favor. Thank You for how You restore us. Thank You for sending Your one and only Son to die, a cross, for, to die on a cross for our sin and to take upon Himself the punishment that we so deserved. Lord, thank You for the relationship we can have with You through faith in Jesus. Thank You for the work that You do in and through us by the power of Your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as Your people, may we listen to You. Even now, Lord, may we just take time to let Your Spirit speak and search us. Is there anything You want to say to our hearts and our spirits this morning? 
Lord, forgive us of those times where we thought we knew better. Or the voices that we were listening to, we thought were taking us on a righteous path. Lord, forgive us of those times where we make other things more of a priority than You. Help us as we walk with You. Help us keep focused on You, Jesus. The life we have with You, the work You want to do in us to make us more like You, the way You want us to love others like You do, that's the stuff that matters most. Not just on this earth, but it's the eternal stuff. So help us, Lord. Help us as we follow You. Thank You for how You renew, for how You forgive, for how You revive and restore us. Lord, thank You for Your faithfulness. And continue, Lord, to bless us and and give us peace as we share Your love and peace with others. And God, I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. May you have a blessed day and a blessed week ahead. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.